Welcome to the Start Small, Believe Big podcast, a safe place for those desiring to find fulfillment, confidence, and peace, yet feel overwhelmed and discouraged. What if that discouragement is stifling what God desires to do in and through our lives? I believe as we learn, grow, and serve, we can have fulfillment, confidence, and peace. Sit down, get comfy, or turn up the volume while you work out or get life done. Come on, let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to do. Today, I want to introduce you to our guest, Catherine Grubb. Catherine was born in northeastern Oklahoma. She was raised in the Tulsa suburbs, attended the University of Oklahoma, taught school, wrote stories, and then shocked everyone by moving to Boston, Massachusetts to be with a man she had been emailing for nine months. She married that man, and with him, they have five boisterous, and I say wonderful because I know them children. Nowadays, she lives in Massachusetts, homeschools the children that are still at home. She bakes bread, does a ridiculous amount of laundry, and sets her timer to write stories in 10-minute increments. She believes in this so much that she created a Facebook group and a website for 10-minute novelists. I've known Catherine for many years. She's made me laugh with her wit and charm and impressed me with the intelligent way she has homeschooled and raised her children who are extremely intelligent and extremely sarcastic and funny and all of the things. (laughs) And she is the woman that I blame for my love (laughs) of writing. Welcome, Catherine. Uh, Thank you. I'm really glad Um, to be here. uh, So good for you to be here. I want to start off because this month, because I know you and I follow you like a crazy creeper on uh, social media, that you've had three children leave the nest within weeks of each other. That How is are you right. Doing in that mama, I cried. I cried. I'm not going to hide it. I just, it was, it just about broke I me. Mean, I would have cried. Just thinking about it. So, yeah, I know. Anyway. I'm sorry to bring it up. I'm going to get you crying again. Yeah. You know, one of the things when I was telling my kids, my three grown children, who one of my children is turning 30 this coming week, (laughs) I'm getting really old. Uh, But one of the things that we always, when we talk about the Grubb family, we talk about the amazing way you homeschooled your children. Your children were so intelligent as young kids. And it, it was just such an honor to be your friend and watch you just walk in the walk with five little kids, homeschooling, doing all the things, and then starting 10-Minute Novelist. But what I want to start off with the question is, what's one thing you would encourage women with today who are at home schooling their children, not in the traditional homeschool way, but can very much learn and glean from your experience as a homeschool mom? Uh, I would say, first of all, just really lower your expectations good one. And, um, because, um, especially in light of the way that the year circumstances have come to pass, none of us are where we thought we'd be. And so, you know, our focus mostly on survival, not necessarily (laughs) on thriving. Yes. (laughs) And if we lower expectations, like, Hey, you know, we need to get through the day with everybody fed and everybody semi sort of sanitized. <laughs> and they, you know, generally, the crumbs are cleaned off. We've eaten a diff, you know semi nutritious meal. 
and nobody's killed each other, then we're in good shape. That's it. You know, and you've, and you've taken time to read a story perhaps, or you've, you know, drawn a picture, or you've done a little creative time, a little alone time, a little active time, a little sunshine time and a nap. And that's it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and if you can get that, like really just lower your expectations, what's the baseline you need to do on a daily basis? Yeah. And then do that really well with your whole heart. Yeah. And make it as excellent as you can, but don't like don't stress out about it. I mean, you know, nutrition is is simple, <laughs> you know, some protein, some vegetables, and you're done. You know, that's it. Yeah. And so <laughs> and like I keep and then 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 after you've kind of gotten your uh, the hang of just surviving and meeting these baselines, then start adding things onto it as you can in grace like yeah. like if you've got a, you know that story you want to write that you don't have, you, you've had to put to the side then give it 10 minutes a day don't 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 try to carve out two hours it's not going to happen just give it 10 minutes a day because a little something is better than nothing at all and yeah. it'll make you feel like you've accomplished something yeah and yeah. so I, and, and don't worry so much about um I'm, oh i'm gonna have to put aside these great these important hobbies that were our passions in 2019. Well, guess what? They're not there in 2020. You've got other things that you need to do and you need to do well, because um, the other things that I learned, I'm going to stop for a second. And I just remember something. One of the things that I learned as a young mom was my emotions kind of set the barometer for the whole household. Oh yeah. Okay. And so if I'm really stressed and frazzled, everybody's stressed and frazzled. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, but if I'm seeking peace and calmness, everybody's going to seek peace and calmness. Yeah. And I lead, I lead the family emotionally. Yeah. And they will follow me emotionally. And so that means that I need to really focus on what is the baseline important thing. Yeah. I will be satisfied if my children are happy and that is that basically means that they need to be engaged with me conversationally. They need to have a, some kind of creative work. They need to have time alone. They need to be time outside. You know, a variety of different stimulus that's simple. Mm-hmm. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And then wash those little faces and tuck them in at night. Make sure they're going to have sleep. And that's it. So, and and if we, but if we're in the process of doing these simple things, sometimes we step away and we're in discontent with, but I used to be able to do this and this and this. I used to have them in school, so I didn't have all, so I could have yeah. done this and this and this. You just have to like let that go. Yeah. What are your expectations? Yeah. You more than they need anything else. And so we have to, this is time of, of really signing our character of, of how are we going to um, lay down our lives, which means those things we used to be, or those things on our agenda we used to always attend to for the sake of others. And it's it's not going to be fun, no. but it's temporary. And, and and we want to be faithful in what we've been given. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I I think when you were saying that, I remember when we homeschooled, there were some days where mama's emotions, you know, mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And right. <laughs> mama's emotions overtook. And I just had to stop some days and just say, listen, we got to say a prayer right now. And I'd actually pray for me to change my attitude. And in that, the boys would look at that and be like, oh, wow, if mom knows she's that nasty today and she's asking God for help, then we're going to help her, you know? Yes. So that was a big one. Well, you sort of inferred a little bit about writing and, you know, in increments of time and finding that. 
I want you to explain to the listeners, what is a 10-minute novelist? I invented the term 10-minute novelist because I was, um, I had five children at all eight years old and younger. And I wanted to be a writer. I've always wanted to be a writer. And for some reason, I had it in my head that that was a really good time to start. And I don't know what I was thinking. I was obviously, I was (laughs) (laughs) self-deprived. But I also, but there was a little bit of truth to it because I knew if I waited until the kids were out of the house for that perfect time, that I would be wasting time. How much better it would be to do a little bit of something now than to put it off. That time might never come. And if I'm waiting for perfect situations, I'm never, ever going to get it. So I lowered my expectations. And my expectation became, I'm going to work on my projects 10 minutes a day. And because a little something is better than nothing at all. And that takes a lot of organization to get those 10 minutes in because you have to know where your stuff is and you kind of have to remember where you left off. And then I would start to increase numbers of 10 minute increments per day. So ideally, maybe I'd get six 10 minute increments in it, which is a full hour, yeah. which is when you have that many children and you're homeschooling them, that how are you to find an hour? Yeah. You're just not. And so, yeah. but, but you can find these other little pockets of time. And so the more I practice that and the more I train my children to respect my computer time, which was not easy. You know, we yeah. it, it, yeah. it took them a long time to get it, but that's okay. But I like, okay, you guys can be without me for 10 full minutes. You can sit at the table and do your own thing for 10 full minutes and let me do this. I think it's good training personally. I yes. think that we need to have, they need to be independent. They need yeah. to know this. And it establishes a boundary that is a gentle one mm-hmm. and that they can learn to respect that. And, and also it, my children needed to see me pursuing my own passions. Yes. And I think one of the reasons why my kids are so driven to, to, and they're creative and they want to, they're constantly making things. They teach themselves new things is because they've watched me all these years make time for things I'm really interested in. And nobody's writing stories and nobody's writing novels, but that is no. not, <laughs> but I have artists and I have an engineers and I have, I have graphic designers and I, and I have all these, I have their creativity is coming out in different ways yeah. because they're used to seeing me pursue my interests and being disciplined in this. And, I, and, and it's, they needed to see me conquer my fears yeah. because it was easy for me to get wrapped up in. Um, I can't do it. Yeah. I like, no, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to put this 10 minutes. I, this, it's, this 10 minute segment has become like the antidote for almost any problem you've got. And so, yeah. so if you, if you feel insecure and, and not very confident, you can work for 10 minutes. If you yeah. feel like you're out of control with every part of your life, you can put everybody down for, to rest for 10 minutes. If you yeah. feel like, you know, you can, your, your, your house is a disaster. It's a disaster. And you can't focus because it's so messy, but you can concentrate on it for 10 minutes and you make yes. a huge difference. Yeah. That little bit of time makes so much difference. And yeah. so I started applying it to my writing and then I wrote a blog and then I wrote, got a contract for a book. Then there was a Facebook group, but it's just kind of snowballed. And so now to be a 10 minute novelist means that you can work in 10 minute increments. Or you can be a part of my Facebook group. You can go to my conference I'm having next year. There's oh. all kinds of things you can do if you're a 10 minute novelist. Yeah. Somebody who's time crunched. Who makes the most of what they've got. Yeah. That's what a 10 minute novelist is. I love it because I jumped in with you when you hit <clears> the <throat> contract and you were, you were just, you know, using a few of us to go through the book to make sure it made sense. It made perfect sense. It was amazing. It transformed me 
into a writer. I didn't think I was a writer beforehand, even though I had done some writing, but it was amazing. And, and for me, you know, I didn't have little kids in the house at that time. I Actually, my baby boy was a senior in high school. So I was freaking out about what am I going to do in the future? And I was totally unfocused. And But setting a timer to begin with, with you for 10 minutes, then I could set it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Now, like yesterday, I set my timer for two hours to work on one project to get it done because I don't have little kids in the house. But if I didn't have that discipline for the 10 minutes five years ago, I wouldn't have the discipline for the two hours right now. And that I thank you for tremendously that that helped me. So you, even though I don't write fiction, which is a lot of yours or fiction writers, I still belong in that group. I'm not a novelist, but I'm still a nonfiction writer and I can do it at 10 minute increments or more. We'll be happy to have you regardless. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also, I want to, I'm very excited. You've got a new book. Yes. Tell us about your new book. It's called Think Like a Writer. I'm intrigued. I want to know how to think like a writer. Okay. Well, the first book was Write a Novel in 10 Minutes a Day. And that's the one that I coached you on. And so, but when you open the book, you come to these assumptions. It it kind of assumes that you kind of know what it means to write a novel. Like you've already, you've already decided, oh, I'm going to be a novelist. Well, Think Like a Writer takes the step before. And it makes you think that it's for the writer who doesn't even know what they want to write. Not necessarily for novelists, anybody who kind of uh, has, has decided, yes, I want to write, but I don't know why I want to write nonfiction. I don't know if I want to write poems. I I just know I'm supposed to do something with words. That's what this book is about. And so to start off with the very first thing you need to do is start seeing yourself as a writer, because you need in order to, in order to take action, you need to make decisions that a writer would do. And so you kind of need to know what those are. And so I could explain it in the book. And I have three separate types of thinking. The first one is logical thinking, where we are like just basic setup. Like, where where are you going to write? When are you going to write? You know, what is it? What is the, uh, are you going to use a particular software? Are you going to do it in the morning? You know, what does it look like for you to do this? Think of yourself in this particular time and space that will get you going. And so I, I coach you through that so you can, you can uh, manage um, your situation so that you've got a space that's for you. But then that's the second great. section is, is emotional thinking. And so emotional thinking is more like what you're feeling about your writing. And some of us are very, very emotional people like me. And, some <laughs> of us, and, they, and so, the, so the writing is becoming more and more cathartic and it also is more um, vulnerable in a way. And you need to be able to be um, accepting of that position writing would take with you. Yeah. Not everybody's going to fall into that. And Julia, this is like a lot of Julia Cameron writes about in the, yeah. the artist way, kind of like, for, you know, allowing yourself to be creative and addressing these, um, it, these desires that you have in the first place and why they're there. So that's a lot of emotional thinking. And then the third type of thinking is the resistant thinking. Ooh. And, 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 oh, that's uh, a good one. Right. Because every time we set out on this um, new adventure and we try something new, there's a part of our brain that says, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're, yeah, that sounds too hard. Or who do you think you are? Or, 
you know, sitting watching Netflix is so much easier, you know, those type of that resistant thinking. And so I address the fear and the doubt and the procrastination that will attack you, particularly starting out on something new. I, I am no stranger to this at all. I pretty much on a daily basis, like, (laughs) you know, yeah. And, and part of it has to do with my past and part of it has to do with, you know, I just, I can come up with a good reason for a lot of things I don't want to do. <laughs> and so, yeah. I, I, but at the same time, I also believe that God didn't put these desires in our heart for them to be wasted. And he does not want us to be, be afraid. That was what motivated me. And I, t- I mentioned I didn't want my kids to see me be afraid. I don't want my kids to know, see me as fearful. They already know I'm fearful. Right. They already right. know about my PTSD. They already know about my past. So, but I want them to see the fact that I'm overcoming it. Yeah. I might be overcoming it with tears in my eyes and like shake, <laughs> but I'm overcoming it all the same. Yeah. And so, so, and in the whole the procrastination business, hey, the one of the cures for procrastination is to set your timer for ten minutes because yes. you can you can accomplish a lot. And usually you get to the end and you're like, Hey, I could do a little more yeah. or, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Or into that like, flow and you're yeah, just going. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so I spend those three times, those three different types of thinking and, and kind of coaching new writers to get to the point where they feel like they've got a handle on the next step. Then the next step after the book would be write a novel in 10 minutes a day. Yeah. If you're going to write a novel. But if right. not, that's there might be books in the future, right? right? Like, yeah, you know, I feel like some more books might be coming. Well, oh, I think I thank you for writing that book because so many times, as a writer and and a published author, people come up and go, "I want to write a book," and there's so much to writing before you write the book oh, that. Yeah. I failed at because I didn't know, you know, and, and I hate to say I failed at it. I failed at being prepared to write a book. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And, you know, all the things that come with it, you make a wrong decision on an agent or you make a wrong decision on the publishing house or you make a wrong decision. And I'm not saying I did all that, but so many people, because they don't know how to get themselves set up to be successful in the sense of doing the thing being prepared for the thing. So anyway, I thank yeah. you. That's going to be a resource. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. There's a big hurdle that comes from being the, the absolute beginner to being the one who's established this big yeah. jump and this learning curve and there. And then nobody ever really talks about it. And I'm hoping that my book is kind of like can soften that a little bit good. so that, so that you're not making the mistakes or you're not second guessing yourself or you're not, doing even just like just you've got your mind in the right place so that you can take action to yeah. pursue your dreams. That's awesome. Well, as we're closing, coming to the close of the podcast, I want to ask you a question. You've been a trusted voice in the world of writing for quite a while now. And I want to ask you, what is one thing that you had to overcome to step into that place, like you were just saying, that learning curve. If there's one thing you could say to a new writer or someone stepping into a new opportunity, what is one thing you had to overcome that you're past now? Yeah. <laughs> well, or that you're still working on, but overcome it. Right. Work in progress. Work in progress. Um. Uh, one thing. Uh, there's so many things. I know. <laughs> like, I'm challenging you to one. There's so many things. And you, you know what? And you've talked about so many <laughs> things here, you know, all of that. But 
Right. What is one thing that you would just encourage someone about overcoming an obstacle? Well, you know, I, one of the things that drives me crazy about others, I mean, I just, this is what I'm thinking. Of. I, I don't like, I am kind of a nervous, anxious ADHD type of person <laughs> and I like to stay busy and I like to stay challenged. And so what I get frustrated with is when I see people who have dreams but they're not really moving on them. And it's kind of like, <laughs> good job. You know, it, it, it just, you've got, we have been, we do not have any guarantees in life. No, you know, we don't. It, if 2020 has taught us anything is that we can't predict what tomorrow is going to bring. And these dreams are too important to waste them on, you know, on animal crossing. I, you know, that's yeah. great for a few minutes. Sure. But you've got, things to do and things I don't think that God's purpose in you is to get you know to watch all the seasons of Games of Thrones I I just don't think that's right I just yeah. don't think yeah. that that's your big God's big plan for you I mean everything has its place right right so so why don't neglect the gifts that you've been given don't waste them uh, and and uh, because because you don't know what's going to happen in the future and you also don't know what amazing things are going to happen because you took the chances right. and you addressed the procrastination or you addressed the fear or you addressed the doubt and you plowed through and see what amazing thing God has done in your life. Well, yeah. you're an example, Billy, because <laughs> who would have thought when we went to church together in 2005 <laughs> and then you, you and I, and you even came to me at church and you said, God told me I was going to write a book and you were going to help me. And, and you just, and you were looked at me like, what does that mean? I go, I don't no, know. No. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to tell you, it, it was the funniest thing of it was I was prophesied there was a prayer night and yeah. someone prophesied over me and said, there's a woman in this church that, and you were the one that popped in my head when they said that you're going to write a book. And there's a woman in this church that's going to help you do that. And I'm like, are you hallucinating? Because God is not calling me to write. I was an ICU nurse. I'm a mom. I don't right. write. Exactly. You know? I hadn't, at that point, I had not written any books at all. Yeah. And so how could I have helped you? I don't know. How? I don't, you know, we don't know. I mean, <laughs> we don't know. But God had this amazing plan for us. And the, this is, you know, in his mercy, we were able to step forward in it. And don't think we did not suffer from procrastination or we did not suffer from doubt or we did not suffer from fear. Oh, yeah. we did. Oh, yeah. But, but but that was 15 years ago. And how amazing, how great it's been. And how and this is the thing I want my with your listeners to say. God has a plan for you that is out that is breathtakingly amazing. Yeah. And you don't know you're gonna change the lives of people that you've not even met yet. And so don't waste it. Yeah. Find don't out. Don't miss those. Yeah. Don't miss those opportunities. Don't, yeah. don't shrink because you're afraid or don't think, oh, that's just not for me. Or yeah. they're just, you know, what they're talking about, or I'd just rather not, or I'm, you know, I've got all these excuses. No, 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 no. Yeah. Don't waste it. So mm -hmm. that, that's one of the things that I, I want to get home. I'm glad that when oh. I was, had little kids under the age of eight, that I did those 10 minute increments because yeah. now look where I am. Yeah. If I'd waited until they left the house, I would just now be beginning, be beginning. And yeah. And I've got 10 books behind me. And then, and so, <laughs> and, 
last. Well, what's the next decade going to bring? You know, yeah. so so that's what I, that's what I want to say is don't waste your time, and you can I find ten it. minutes. Yeah, no matter how busy you are, you can find ten minutes. I love it, and everyone know that in the show notes you'll find all the information on how to follow Catherine, ten minute novelist on Facebook, all the book, everything will be on in the show notes. And I just want to, Catherine, I want to thank you again. Thank you for being my friend all these years. <laughs> thank you for encouraging me in writing, even though it was never a dream. I didn't grow up a little girl running to write a book. I was actually, it was, you know, this crazy journey that I've had. And I thank you for encouraging me to do it 10 minutes at a time, because that's how I've gotten to write all the words that I've written. So thank you. And thank you for being on the, on the podcast today. Oh, I'm sure so many will be blessed. And I hope you listening to the podcast, I hope this encourages you to allow God's best opportunities in and through your life. Don't stay the same. Keep growing and learning, learning truth, growing in faith and serving others. Thank you for listening. I pray this podcast has empowered you to live life with meaning, one step, decision, and action at a time. And can I ask you guys to help out the show by subscribing to the podcast wherever you listen. Sign up for my email list on my website, billyjouse.com, so you don't miss out on any of the episodes or blogs. And also leave an honest review on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews really help. And I read each one and thank you for every review that you leave. Now, let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to do. Be blessed, my dear friends. Until next time.